when it comes to your people, you're playing chess, you're not playing checkers. And I watched this during my playing days when I was a football seal in the NFL, uh, college even. Uh, but then when I got into business, I saw it even clearer. It, it, the, I would say on two sides. I saw the danger of coaching everybody the same way. And usually when a leader would coach everybody the same way, it's because it was the most comfortable for the leader. Unleashing your best in life and work. This is the Game Changers with Eric Bowles and host Dale Dixon. Being intentional about who and what you're coaching. We're talking about developing people on the Game Changers podcast today, unleashing your best in life and work with Eric Bowles. Eric, great to see you today. Uh, great seeing you, my friend. So just as we, uh, before we hit the record button, we were talking about this concept of uh, coaching people, developing people as part of this lead with purpose process that we've spent the last several episodes talking through. And you said something that really caught my attention, and that's the intentionality aspect of approaching coaching. So I would say, let's bring our listeners up to speed on what that looks like. We're not just coaching everybody, but getting intentional. Yeah, there's a, uh, uh, when I first was exposed to not this concept, it makes complete sense, but in in the way that really resonated the way I think, uh, I was told that you, when it comes to your people, you're playing chess, you're not playing checkers. And I watched this during my playing days when I was when I was playing uh, football still in NFL uh, college even. Uh, but then when I got into business, I saw it even clearer. It, it, the, I would say on two sides, I saw the danger of coaching everybody the same way. And usually, when a leader would coach everybody the same way, it's because it was the most comfortable for the leader. So the thought wasn't necessarily what's best to bring out the best in those that I lead and coach. No, the thought was, what am I comfortable with? So if you got a leader who doesn't need a lot of praise and recognition, guess what? Their people weren't going to get a lot of praise and recognition, right? If you had a leader who needs to be constantly affirmed, there's a good chance their people are going to be constantly affirmed. So much of what the people were receiving was based on the preferences of the leader themselves. The shift is when a leader sits down and really thinks about the needs of those that they actually lead, not just their wants, but with their needs. And how do you coach them to that? That's the difference between chess and checkers. Like each person is wired differently. And also I will say for, for a lot of leaders, when they hear coaching our people or developing our people, um, I think I heard John Maxwell say it because it was really good when he said, he goes, uh, you nurture everybody, but you only develop a few. And when people hear that, they it almost sounds like I'm excluding, excluding individuals, but it's not. It's when leaders recognize you only have a certain amount of time, that that's real. Like you, there's a limited amount of time that you have. So there's time for you have to be intentional, decisive. How do I maximize or multiply the impact of coaching? One of the ways you do it is, you know, you who are those select few that you know if you pour into and develop, they have the ability to influence and impact others as well. There's the rule where everybody on a team feels like they're connected and, and, and appreciated and cared for by the leader, but everybody doesn't deserve or uh, get equal opportunity when it comes to growth or development. And, and when people say, Eric, what do you mean? Everybody can't grow? No, they can't. But the opportunities for growth aren't the same. There's a reason in football, 
the the backup quarterback or the third string quarterback do, does not get the same amount of reps as the starting quarterback. Now that just doesn't make any sense if we did. And so now, does the backup or the third string quarterback have an opportunity to do that? Yeah, but the opportunity is going to be different. It's going to come in a different place. Why? Because the starting quarterback, the consequences of that starting quarterback playing well or not playing well, in some cases, has a greater influence than something else. So this isn't an exclusionary thing. It's just we have to be intentional. And so if a, when I ask a leader who's like, hey, out of my team, and I was like, hey, how do you use each one of your team meetings? How do you use your one-on-ones? How do you make sure that you get a return on each one of those? I mean, going into a meeting as a leader trying to coach someone and you sit down and the first thing you just ask is, oh, so tell me how you're doing. And you haven't thought any deeper than that. That's uh that's that's almost a waste. So when I talk about being intentional, it's just being very intentional of the time and, and the coaching opportunities you're going to give different people on your team. So as we started this conversation, my, my mind immediately went to um, efficiency and you have a leader who has limited time and they feel an obligation to coach everyone. And yep. so they do like they do in so many other areas of life, create a system. And yep. that system is, we're going to do, we're going to follow these steps along the way in, in coaching people. So I love this approach um, that you're laying out for us. Let's dive into the idea of O3. You mentioned it. So a one-on-one, I find him to be an amazing way to grow, develop people. But what, what does that optimal O3 look like? That person-to-person conversation that's happening on a regular basis when we think about coaching somebody who um, that we've identified, we, we're going to coach this person up? I would say, especially early on, um, before I get into the specific detail of that, uh, Dale, I, I do want to say again, remember, this is chess, not checkers. And so because it's chess and not checkers, there's certain things we need to find out about our people and not just take for granted. Like there's ways that we can find out how do our people best learn? And, and people are like, okay, how do they best learn? Well, why don't you ask them? Like ask them a question such as, you know, when did you learn the most? You know, what, what were you doing? In what way did you learn the most? Where did you grow the most in your, in your past? Or these are just conversations you can even have in one on one. And when they begin to talk about it, you start finding out for some people, Hey, I learned the most when I was riding shotgun. I learned the most when I was given all this opportunity. I learned the, the most when I knew specifically step by step what to do. What that's happening for the one coaching, they're being, they're receiving information. Now it seems like it takes a while. No, it doesn't. It saves you time. It collapses a whole lot of time when you have that kind of information. And what's critical is anytime you're on a one-on-one, and I hate to be so prescriptive about it, but sometimes as coaches, we don't write down what's going on. So if you watch the very best coaches in the NFL, every single one of them have a pen in in their pad, in their hand. They're taking notes after every play. Why? Because they're ensuring what happened the last time we ran this and what happened the next time we run it. When they have one-on-one, you will notice there's a pin and a pad. However they're getting it, they're capturing it. Why? Because we want to make sure what we talked about the last time is brought up again. I will say there are so many coaches who will go into the second meeting, third meeting, fourth meeting, and not even come back to what we talked about in the last meeting. 
And so the best way to have an agenda for your next meeting is what did you talk about about the last meeting? What did you agree to at the last meeting? And what did you expect to see progress on in the next meeting? When you simply talk about that, guess what you just did? You created development and growth, right? And people talk about it like it's so complicated. No, we just stay consistent on constant growth. No different than if you have a, a trainer in the gym, they look at what your reps were in the last time, come the next one, they do it again. Now, I'm not saying it needs to be, you know, like so regimented that there's no room for flexibility. No, we're just saying you at least you know directionally that there's something systematic you're following that creates consistency. I will also say, Dale, uh, which is important, is there are some people who will set a a, a, a solid time. This is the time that we're going to have our one-on-one. We're going to get in my office. We're going to. I encourage a lot of leaders, man. Sometimes let that, let that be a walk. Let them come with you somewhere. Like do your one-on-one while you're active. Don't always do your one-on-one where you have to find time to be able to pull out again. And so there's many ways to get it done. You just got to make sure it's flexible. It's just the time you are together. Make it intentional. We're going to lunch, but it's going to be intentional. We're going for a walk over here, but it's going to be. Intentional. We're driving on a commute to go over here, but it's going to be intentional. It's using those moments, those in-between times, intentionally. Let's talk about the relational aspect of this because you've touched on it, but when you take the time to understand how does this person learn, you know, by asking some of those questions, as you said, what, tell me about a time in your life where you learned something that really stuck. What was that like? What happened Mm -hmm. there? That's an opportunity to to grow on the relational side. And those who are being coached are going to be much more open to feedback and to growth when that relationship is established. Yeah. So one of the things um, I've, I've always said uh, that are, are a couple things that the people we coach and lead want to know. Okay. They want to know what we want from them. And they also want to know what we want for them. And so anytime there's a coaching conversation, I tell coaches many times, do not hold back information. Like, and what I mean by that is, when you're, I'm, I'm coaching you. I'm going to work with you. I want you to develop. But let me tell you what I want for you. Let me tell you what I see as a possibility. Let me see. What, like, so if I have somebody who's coaching me, but I also am aware of their, what they want for me, right? I'll give you a quick example. I had a coach in college and very domineering, tough coach. He was really tough, right? And so all of his, Coaching of me felt like criticism for a long time, right? Now, could he have gone to a, a, a few more, you know, like management practice, you know, breakout sessions or whatever without question, right? But I never forget the, the turning point was this one in one particular practice where I had fumbled the ball and he just goes off. And um, uh, <laughs> Coach Dunny, God rest his soul, he passed away, but great man. Uh, he could put cuss words together that didn't go together, right? Like, so, I mean, he, I mean, I had to sift through all what he was trying to say. But there was one line he gave. He looked at me, he says, you have so much ability, so much capability, so much potential that you should be playing on Sundays. And then he turned around and said, and I'm going to make sure that happens, even if it kills you. Now, you know the typical frame of reference is, even if it kills me. No, he said, even if it kills you, right? <laughs> um, but the minute he let me know what he saw in me and what he wanted for me, it changed my view of what he wanted from me. 
What he wanted from me was my best, and he wasn't going to settle for any less. But he had to also remind me and help me understand that at times he can see in me what my best is many times more than I can. And so this is what coaches do. Coaches, I always say coaches aren't like best friends. Like now coach, a best friend, like some of my friends, they love me enough to accept me right where I'm at. Okay, but a coach loves you too much to leave you there, right? So, so that's the difference. So, when my coach is actually speaking into me, challenging me, sometimes in a very uncomfortable way, but I know they care. So, in those one on ones, it also gives coaches an opportunity to let the person know I'm coaching that I really care. This is what I see in you. Now, I'm going to challenge you. Is that what you want? You told me what you want. I told you what I want from you. I'm now asking what you want for yourself. I'm now saying it, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to coach you there. I'm going to challenge you there. I'm going to push you there. Now I'm going to make sure I reward and all those stuff comes along with that. But that's when you start discovering. When we talked about being uh, intentional with learning, but asking that question, you know, you know, what, what, when have you learned the most when I asked that question, right? But the other thing that's powerful we want to find out too is, you know, what was one of the greatest rewards you've ever seen, ever received, right? And somebody say, why would you ask that? I said, because you start finding out what motivates them. Some people are like, hey, one time I got a, uh, one of my uh, leaders gave me a letter and, you know, gave me this plaque. Somebody else says, hey man, just somebody tell me a good job, well done. Oh, I knew my leader really appreciated me because they left me alone when I was doing, I'm telling you, pay attention to the information, right? Like they are telling you exactly this is how I'm driven. This is what works for me. You're going to have some people are like, well, my people are just too sensitive. Well, if you ain't getting rid of your people, then you better adjust to some of them who are sensitive. Not all of them are sensitive, but a few of them might be. But what may make that adjustment is when they find out what you want for them. You're going to, they're going to, they want to know what you want from them. You're going to probably tell them, but you also got to know what you want for them. So those two things marry together. Let's step back and dive a little deeper into this idea of choosing which of the chess pieces we're moving on the coaching board. Uh, because you, you you talked about the importance of we're not coaching everyone, we're selecting. So, what does that is it is it an intuitive process for the leader, or what, what are what are some ways to approach that? That is a great question. Uh, actually, it, we do it in, in many cases, we do it very similarly, uh, than how we decide where to spend our time. I know, I know it sounds crazy because we're talking about people. Um, but again, limited amount of time. So nurture everybody, care about everybody, opportunities, all those things. But what dictates it is like if I had a list of, let's say I had a list of 10 folks on my team. And the reality is, there's probably two of those 10 who have more influence than the other eight combined. Let's just be honest. It's not, it's not a whole, anytime I work with a team, anytime I work with a group, even in consulting, I walk in the room and I can sit in there and I see 10 people and it's like, Oh, you got to win over all 10. No, I don't. Okay. There's one or two I got to win over. And if I get them, I get everybody else. Right. Well, most leaders know who that is in their teams too, in terms of whose influence, whose impact, whose, who, if they were to take away their support, or if I were to lose them, what would be the significant of that impact? Like, how significant would that be? You, that, that's, now, that's not the end all be all, but that's one of the filters you have to use when it comes to who do I choose to pour into? 
The other thing that is a filter, another part of it, is their willingness. There are some people like maybe may not have that level of influence yet, but their desire and willingness to grow is contagious. You feel it and it's in their attitude because there's some people highly capable of getting developed and grow. They're just not coachable. Now, I'm not telling you to spend a lot of time there, right? Like what I'm telling you is they may have assigned tasks. You may give them, you can work with them. You're just not going to build your whole company around them. That's a dangerous thing to build your business around that, right? They're a good soldier. They're good, but don't build around. But for someone who may be even young and may, but they have, you see they have the capability, you see they have the potential, but they're also coachable. They're willing to learn and grow and they're going those are places where you, it's very important that you pour your, not only intention, that's who I grab, but now I turn around and pour my attention into it, right? Okay. And that's what happens too often. Those who get our attention are the problems, are the loudest ones, are the one, you know what I'm saying? So even that, that's not who gets our coaching, that we usually waste all our energy and everything into individuals just to try to keep them going. But then you are robbing, you are literally neglecting your ones who are not only high performing, but have the ability to be high performing and the desire to do more. They've earned the right to get more of your focus and your attention. And so that's why kind of using this, and I know I'm going to, but it's, you know, it's a combination of specifics when you analyze their impact. There's some intuition in there. There's some a huge part on theirs, their willingness or attitude, wanting to do it. Also, I, I, I let leaders know, sometimes you need to tell people directly what you're about to do. Like, this doesn't have to be some mystery, right? Like, I can go to a couple people and say, hey, listen, this is what I see in you. This is where I want to coach you to. This is what I believe can happen. What's your thoughts about it? Give them some time. Talk about it. Say, hey, let's have a secondary conversation. Are you up for this? Because the way you're going to coach them isn't probably sitting them in a, cl- lock, a classroom or whatever. Hey, you'll give them greater and greater opportunities. And so, you know, that's a nice I like to say, I call that a very normal, natural way of, of, of filtering that process. I might be trying to get a little too technical here, but when, oh, you, no, think so about, good, no. when you think about walking into a room, the example you gave, you have 10 people and you wonder, mm-hmm. do I need to win all 10 over? No, I only mm-hmm. need to win two over, mm-hmm. and those two will take care of the rest. How did you cultivate that ability? Um, you may remember, uh, years and years ago, (laughs) uh, there was a commercial that said when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen, right? And and I used to, I, I, I used to love that commercial, but what I, what I've done in a very practical way is it's the questions I ask. I wait to hear who speaks. I kind of wait to see how it was settled at the end. I do kind of find out from, you know, inside sources. I'm like, Hey, if I, the same question I use as a filter, I even ask leaders in that group, Hey, I know I'm working with the CEO, but I will find out that his CFO, even though he might have the highest title sitting in that room, might not be the greatest influence in that room. And so I will sit there and ask the CEO, it's like, okay, these are all your, I know the titles, but I want to know the influence. And that has nothing to do with titles. And so what drives this development, what drives this coaching can't be titles. It has to be who the individuals are. And so this, because wherever the, a person is, you know, w- w- the real key, key is, can I lose not my CFO's 
You know, I don't want that question. Can I lose my CFO's influence? No. The question needs to be, can I lose Jan's influence? Can I lose Bill's influence? I mean, it has to be individual. And this is why I'm saying it's not checkers, it's chess. Like, you have to look at the people you're coaching by name, not just by role, right? It, it got, because there's somebody who's a, uh, I say it this way, there's somebody right now listening that probably your greatest problem solver in your organization, their title does not fit does not fit their capability. So there's chances you're going to give problems or challenges to somebody that may not necessarily be in their sphere if you looked at their job description, but you're like, they're my most strategic problem solver. They're a thinker. Boom. That's how, that's who I want to work with. Right. I mean, you know, I, 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 no, hey, I enjoy it. One of the football teams I enjoy watching right now is the San Francisco 49ers. They, I love their coach, Kyle Shanahan, obviously his father was a great coach, but what I love is their best wide receiver is also their best running back. So they're like, give the ball to Debo Samuels. Just why are we sitting here going to allow a, some arbitrary title to get in the way of him doing what he does best, right? Get the ball to him, put him in the backfield. Now it's funny, you know, it's, 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 it's not conventional, but it's effective. And this is where I'm, I tell a lot of coaches with their teams, man, assign your folks, coach your folks, coach your team according to their strengths. Like, I mean, really leverage their strengths together. And it is a different way of looking at it. I'll tell you right now, I have a, a, a one of the leaders I, I coach, huge automotive group. And I know for a fact, one of his greatest influencers, one of his greatest problem solvers in his whole organization is his executive assistant, hands down, like a, without question, no, no strategically out of different parts fit, no all these different, they're amazing. So if you have that kind of talent and that, to not use it, to not <laughs> leverage it, yeah. It was one of the first words we used when we started this episode and the line of questioning uh, keeps coming back to it, but it's that word intentional. It's, it's being intentional, intentionally asking the questions, walking into a room, uh, being intentional about how we're going to play this game of chess that you're talking about. Yeah. 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 One of the things about, you know, one other aspect I hope when people realize when I talk about chess, you know, chess, chess matches don't happen as fast as checkers. Right. I mean, so, I mean, you know, the development, the, the strategy, all that stuff, just be, you know. Uh, I always say um, uh, progression over perfection. You know what I'm saying, and and so uh, it, you 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 want this is a progressive move. This is when I'm developing somebody, working somebody, the, the relationship, the getting to know it. Now I will tell you, there's no guarantee. I I, I would be I'd be remiss if I didn't say that there's times you can grow and develop somebody, and you can do such a good job that they become of high demand and there's a chance you may lose them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that happens. I mean, there's to say anything different is crazy, but I will also say one benefit of being in an environment that grows and coaches and develops people. Um, like for instance, one of my clients, I said, Hey, you know, big green company that sells a lot of coffee. Uh, but I was like, Hey, you know, there's nothing better than being a, 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 a company that grows and develops leaders simply using coffee to do it, right? 
And so in so many of the cases, that's what we want to be. We want to be a both and where this is our business, but what we're really into is the growing and developing our people. And the good news of that is you won't continuously overpay for free agents. Okay. So in sports, if you don't develop your own talent, you have to then go out and overpay for a free agent who then has to learn your culture and then has to learn the nuances of how your business works and then has to go about. And we know that's never simple. I get asked all the time, hey, Eric, what do you think about people who go out and grab uh, this person from this company, this person from this company? I was like, there's nothing wrong with it. I think there's good for new blood, everything else like that. But I don't think we're always honest enough. We know in all of our businesses, especially when you're a small business, there's so much nuance there's so much little subtle things. There's so much dynamic with the customer or how things function. And that means that somebody else has to come from the outside and do that whole learning curve. And what happens is you have a tendency, we have a tendency to overrate a person's performance from a distance and underrate the opportunity or the potential of those who are already underneath our roof. And this is the shift that we need to make. That is awesome. All right. You've given us something to work on for the week. That is absolutely for sure. So thank you for that. Um, I'll remind folks that if you would do us a huge favor, rate and review this podcast or um, the video, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, wherever you're listening or watching, we would definitely appreciate it. As uh, if you rate and review, hopefully we've earned those five stars. It helps drive this podcast up higher in search results for people looking for leadership, business, um, and, and those who are wanting to unleash their best in life and work. So with that, uh, we'd appreciate that. You can also find Eric on LinkedIn. Uh, just do a quick search for Eric Bowles at uh, LinkedIn. That's a great way to connect with him. Also, you will find his website, The Game Changers. Dot com. Game the GameChangersInc.com. My mistake. The GameChangersInc.com is the website where you can find Eric, learn more about what he can do for your company. He's an executive coach, a leadership expert, change consultant, and keynote speaker. This is The Game Changers, unleashing your best in life and work. The Game Changers, unleashing your best in life and work with Eric Bowles and Dale Dixon. Eric is an executive coach, leadership expert, change consultant, and keynote speaker. Read his book, Moving to Great, and find him at ericbowles.com. Connect with Dale at daledixonmedia.com.